0: Nina. And Lydia, and you're listening to Retweet. And for today's episode, we're back together. Canada or Ontario? I'm not really sure. We have uh, changed our restrictions, so we are mm-hmm. in a social bubble. So don't think that we're just breaking quarantine, moving willy nilly. <laughs> we're not moving willy nilly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but for today's episode, we want to talk about massage noir. This is a very large and multifaceted topic, so we're going to just kind of see where this conversation takes us, and it's going to be a little Mm -hmm. bit different than our regular interview style, just because we are all Black women, so Mm -hmm. yeah, and our guest is Kalita, and Lydia's going
1: to introduce her. Yeah, so Kalita was in our Dating as a Black Woman episode. Super smart, super outspoken. Um, if you like what Kalita is saying in this episode, make sure to follow her on Twitter. We're gonna have it plugged in the bio. But overall, just someone who's so well spoken. So we had to have her on. Yeah.
0: And she was also on before. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys for inviting me. I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. Oh my oh, so <laughs> shy. I'm like legitimately shy. Like. I don't know how to meet Lydia, like in the. I'm <laughs> just <laughs> Shy. But yeah, Lydia's gonna start and define. For us.
1: Yeah, so um, just to give a background, Massage Noir was coined by Moya Bailey. And long story short, it's racialized sexism. So understanding that Black women both experience sexism and racism, this is really unique to us. And I guess, like, within Massage Noir, we understand that there's a couple of tropes, so we know there's the Mammy, the Jezebel, the Sapphire, the strong Black woman, and all of this kind of represents um, Black sexism. mm
2: mm-hmm.
3: And I think it's important to say as well that, um, I think it, it, a lot of the time it goes deeper than just being, um, like, anti-Black. Uh, like misogyny. I think that uh, misogyny is a very, very particular form uh, of marginalization of Black women where, you know, forceful masculization is used um, as a form of violence, you know, a, a form of a way of perpetuating violence. And I think that um, that's really important um, when we discuss uh, Black women's issues, when we discuss cis privilege in regards
2: to Black women. Um,
0: yeah. And I think, just, like, off the top of my head, the first thing that comes to mind that I want to talk about is Breonna Taylor and the way that people have created her into this meme
1: mm. where
0: you never would have done that. You never would have done that for someone that wasn't a Black woman. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. it's so sad. Like, it's gen- like it's genuinely really, really heartbreaking, but mm-hmm. it's, like, it's not cute to post a selfie and caption it something about arresting Breonna
1: Taylor's killers. Like, that's not cute. I also didn't see that same energy for um, George Floyd because I think that inherently Black men are just more respected. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously it did take a lot of efforts to um, sign petitions and raise money for George Floyd, but Mm -hmm. that same energy has clearly not happened for Una Taylor, which is also Mm -hmm. unfortunate. Yeah, I think the the suffering
3: of Black women isn't taken seriously. I think it's definitely, that's evident in in what you talked about, like the kind of memification of Breonna Taylor's death. but also in the way that, like, we see, like, this kind of digital blackface of going on online. I've seen, you know, right? Like, a, the way that we take videos of, like, black women in pain crying. We, like, we, like, you know, I've, I've seen so many memes of that on Twitter, and it's a joke. And, I'm, and I, I later find out the context mm-hmm. um, was something really traumatic that they were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's
0: normalized, right? Mm-hmm. It's so odd. It's so odd. It is. And I think even with the Breonna Taylor thing, it's something that the memification and kind of making black women the butt of the joke, like this isn't new. And I think we see it, especially with like black men um, in comedy, your entire routine is about imitating a black woman like Tyler Mm. Perry at you. You've been doing the same shit for how long?
1: Mm -hmm. Um, and it's like
0: it's (laughs) it's genuinely like not funny and not even just Mm -hmm. like him but even black men that are creators on youtube and stuff Mm -hmm. actually you know what it's not even just black men though like white women do it too everyone Mm -hmm. does it everyone makes fun of black women online Mm
1: -hmm. and it's not funny like it genuinely Mm -hmm. is not funny Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah even one of the recent controversies with shane dawson like if anybody i'm not a shane dawson fan Mm -hmm. just so i can like put that on the air but I am aware of what he does, and Mm -hmm. one of the biggest things with him is that he really created this character and capitalized off this character that mimics Black women named Shinene, Mm -hmm, and even with the recent apology that he kind of dropped, Shinene merch is still available, and he's still making money, which is beyond me. Mm -hmm.
3: And I don't think he, I'm sorry if it's good to go on track, I don't think he even really addresses that character, right? He talks about the blackface, he talks about, um, you know, racist jokes he's made in the past, but he doesn't talk about Janaina, right? And I feel like it's because previously he had involved this other black woman on this channel called Shauna. It seems like he's obsessed with black women. I think that's the, what is happening, right? I think people are very, very, it's a weird fascination, mm-hmm. um, with mimicking and, and recreating and reproducing and, uh, Black women's art and fashion and words and looks and aesthetics, it's very, um, I, I think at first glance, it, 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 it seems, like, very hateful, but it seems kind of, like,
1: obsessive. Like, they just want to
0: be us, to be quite yeah. honest.
1: Yeah. There's yeah, there's an, there's an obsession, like, yeah. at first glance, it seems hateful, but really, mm-hmm. it's just, like, this insane fetishization
0: it's like they just hate us.
2: (laughs) I think that a lot of the time we also see it in the way that we approach like liberation politics like when we center Black men in our entire liberation philosophy right certain things kind of slip through the cracks and I think that uh, BLM had a really comprehensive like they, they came up with a list of demands after the protest it was very comprehensive but I think that a lot of the discourse I saw um, online, uh, in real life, and what I read was not very much addressing the the state violence that particularly affects Black women, right? When we talk about state violence, we're, we're only talking about, really, police brutality. We're talking in the ways that we're talking about the prison industrial complex. These are things that affect um, Black women and right. Black men. No, it's no problem. No <laughs> way.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Okay, go ahead. It's my dad. <laughs> Decline! <laughs> We're
1: talking about black women here. Yeah. <laughs> <To freedom. laughs>
2: Period. Oh, it's all good. Um, <laughs> something that I feel like that's gained some traction has been uh, like maternal mortality and how that disproportionately affects black women. And that is not that that issue is not approached with the same level of urgency as black men, despite the fact that it's killing black women, it's killing black children. You know. It's disproportionately affecting, you know, the, the most marginalized groups, right? And even, and even like um, the ability for, uh, like a, like a frater- frater- fertility uh, for like trans uh, black people, right? Mm-hmm. Treatments and how that is like, it's very difficult for trans people to be able to access those types of resources. I don't want to use, you know, disaster's language, but like it feels kind of genocidal when you're when mm-hmm. when. There is this black women are three times as likely to die of uh, you know gi- giving birth. That is not even being a, that's not even the forefront of the discussion. Uh, we look at co- uh, like you know co- we look at COVID, right? This is a, this is an issue affecting the entire community. Um, I think that I'm sure the statistics has changed at this point, but the, when that first roll of statistics came over, I think it was 80% of people dying of COVID in the states for African American where, where was the urge, where is the sense of urgency, right? Because, it's, because it always falls on the, the backs of Black women to who are hold the grunt of the issue. When someone gets sick, who's taking care of the child? Who is taking care of the person? You know, who is expected to give that care? And why is that person, why, why are we, why is that person's labor undervalued, right? Because at the end of the day, that's just how we treat Black women. The reason why people should care, it's not because it's a matter of Oh, we're, we, yes, we're yes, we're dying, right? That's number one you should care. But two, it's it affects all of us, you know. State violence that affects Black women also affects Black women, men also affects Black trans people, uh, also affects uh, like Black children. It affects all these groups, all and Black queer people, of course. But it just seems like again, Black men are at the center, at the forefront of this kind of this kind of how do we get how do we get freedom, right?
1: Yeah, that's a really great point, point. and something, mm-hmm. or someone who really, like, came to mind when you were speaking on that was, uh, I'm gonna butcher her name, but Toyin Salo, and I think, at least from my perspective, when, um, like, the announcement of her death kind of coming up, I actually didn't know it was her Black abuser who had murdered her. Mm-hmm. In my head, I thought it was just another Black like body who was killed by a police. Mm. Um, it was never explicitly told or like said in Instagram posts or infographics. was something that I very much had to Google. Um, and I think that's a super great example of how black woman going out of her way to be at a BLM protest, speaking specifically on black people who are particularly aren't black cis men, but mm. are and should be considered in the BLM movement is now getting mm. murdered for speaking badly about a black man or particularly black men in general right. so I think yeah. that black women especially have been dealing with a lot of consequences mm. um just trying to speak their truth mm. and oftentimes um women have to make the decision of being complicit and their safety and mm-hmm. that's a great example of that mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. yeah it's true I remember I remember like not a day goes by where I don't think about Toyin in. Uh, And it truly is heartbreaking, like Mm -hmm. truly is heartbreaking. I think that when she was killed, everyone kind of felt that. I think that everyone, uh, all Black women have had to, I think that, at least I have, but I think that the majority of us have been in that position where, you know, it's like, who do we turn to? Who can we trust? um when you know you feel like a system has failed you it feels like um the people who are who are supposed to protect you are supposed to be on your side um have, have also failed you and that's what happened to her and it's heartbreaking because she was so young she was mm-hmm. so young
0: I know and even watching her videos like videos of her speaking at at protests she had so much passion in her, and she was she was really out there fighting for the lives of all Black people, and mm-hmm. and it, it's just very heartbreaking to see that the same person or the same people that you're fighting for don't mm-hmm. care about your life. And I think it is a really unique position that Black women are in, and 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 yeah, like yeah, I don't even know what to say about Toyan. Like I know that for the majority of black women that i talk to like her death hit a little bit different and mm-hmm. not even to i don't want to make light of it by saying that but it just genuinely like it hit me in a different way um because i saw so much of myself in her i think yeah. as well yeah. and it's just really really sad to see black men not up in arms about it when yeah yeah when we're fighting for you like
2: yeah i think that um her and the circumstances of her death um, were was a wake up call for a lot of uh, like black cis-, cis men. I think that until that point, there wasn't really a lot of um, I, I don't think explicitly was addressed the ways in which um, black women experience violence at the hands of black men. Right, like the, the I think the stat was like the biggest. Cause of death for Black women in the states is domestic violence, right? And oh, that is. And and how do you address that, right? And I think that's that's something to to something to the like uh, the, the 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 discourse surrounding like prison abolition. Um, mm-hmm. And for Harriet and uh, Dr. Brittany Cooper did a really great. Video on this on the on the For Harriet YouTube channel where they talk about like what happens to Black women and girls under prison abolition. Who is protecting them? Who is keeping them safe when um, it seems that the the only thing that stands between them and their abuser is prison? And I think that is a very it's it's a very very like I think that that was something that I had to reckon with right myself right because I I'm a prison abolitionist I don't believe in prisons I don't believe in jail but at the same time I felt like my whatever my politics was it needs to be centered around the the protection the safety the uplifting of black women Mm -hmm. um and I felt like like a lot of you know until I until I actually really engaged with the reading it was kind of like this doesn't seem like it's, it's it's um catering towards us did you guys feel the same way i know a lot of women kind of kind of when they hear about prison abolition they kind of felt the same but mm-hmm. i'm curious
0: i think um yeah i think it's really important when you have abolition the like conversations about abolition and i i'm not i'm learning a lot about abolition currently right so um i just want to like put that out there like i'm wikipedia don't trust me go read <laughs> yeah. um but I just think that if you're not gonna have discourse around abolition that is um, focused on survivors and you know trauma-informed and vicarious trauma-informed then it's not like there is no transformative justice without that i think that's a really really important point point. and i think also on the point of of wanting to avoid having those conversations there's just mm-hmm. such a lie of black unity that people are trying to hang on to so hard where they think if you hold Black men accountable for the harm that they've done, that it somehow reflects upon all Blackness Mm. as a whole. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that, like, Black men are really, really uncomfortable with calling that stuff out, which is, like, very sad and rooted also in misogyny as well, but yeah, I don't know. Well, I think
2: there's truth to that, right? I think that some people feel like acknowledging the violence, you know, done to Black women by Black men is somehow... Perpetuating the belief that black men are violent, right? Mm-hmm. And there, there's a certain need to protect black men in the community, right? Because of patriarchy, but also because of, you know, like uh, like lynching narratives, and there, the, you know, this understanding that they are at a constant threat of danger because of the violence, mm-hmm. because of because they are seen as as violent, um, and how they are treated but i think that you're right right these conversations need to be approached a little bit more nuanced right because at the end of the day like black women and and black children were also lynched right um state violence against black women exists to black queer people to uh black non-binary people it exists it just looks different Mm -hmm.
0: Mm -hmm. i know And and it's hard and even you see it with um I I mean, I think, I I don't know if this is recent, but to me, in my mind's eye, it seems recent where Mm -hmm. we have seen more people be comfortable calling out abusers online, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. And I, and I love to see it, but the way that men love to protect their friends that are abusers, Mm -hmm. like for the sake of black manhood, you can't sacrifice black women. Yeah, Mm
1: -hmm. I completely agree. And like, I remember when Toronto abusers, that Instagram account originally came out, Mind you, I'm, well, okay, I don't want to out who uh, runs the account. I don't know who runs the account, but from my own assumption, I can probably gather that this is a Black creative, because Mm -hmm. most of the people on the account are Toronto Black creatives, specifically Mm -hmm. Black men. And I think one of the biggest critiques um, were, it's all Black men, this is coming off very racist, especially because you don't know who runs the account, Mm -hmm. which I can completely understand, but a lot of the victims were Black women as well. It's, like, at what cost, like, I'm not, I don't know, like, if you did something bad, here's, you're gonna reap the consequences, hopefully, absolutely. so, uh, yeah.
2: And it's very interesting to me, I think that, I don't know, maybe you guys can, you can weigh in on this, I think that this, this, this kind of, like, surgence, the resurgence of, like, people exposing their abusers online and kind of turning to social media is just a result of again, like people, like the system has been, has failed Black women, has failed Black women in so many different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And I think social media has been a great way because, you know, like public shaming works and considering the fact that I think a lot of the time Black women are we trendsetters, it, it up subtraction, right? Like even with the Shane Dawson thing, like 10 years ago, like why, why have those, why have these things suddenly become relevant, right? I think that like um, digital spaces have allowed Black women to getting a platform and a little bit more of a a, a space to call things out and, and be heard in that respect.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And even like, again, with the point of Shane Dawson, because I didn't know how bad he was until Twitter threads kind of came up. But, um, you know, he essentially like has a clip out of him pretending to masturbate to Willow Smith when she was 11. And I think that one of the main reasons it now all of a sudden is a problem is because she's black. And Mm -hmm. I think that had Shane done that, like, I don't know what year he made that, but Mm -hmm. whatever year, and it was a white girl, I think that he would have had his account deleted way back when. Mm -hmm. Oh
2: my God. He would have been done for. That would have been the Mm -hmm. end of his career. Are you kidding? It's, it's, It's nuts. It's nuts. It's nuts. Like, I think that in that particular example, we keep going back to it, and you know, it's just because it's what's you know going popping off right now but here he was obsessed with playing black women um, making fun of them over sexualizing them like it's 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 black you know young black women and black girls um and it's because it's, it's acceptable it's allowed you know you're you're absolutely right Lydia it's just it was very gross and That's why the early 2000s, I feel like, was a really bad time for Black black women to be on the internet. Like, it was very not a good time.
0: (laughs) Genuinely, genuinely. But I think, like, even to your point of how 2020 has, you know, maybe created more safe spaces for Black women online, I think that's true. But unfortunately, there's just such a large number of people that still love to gaslight Black women and tell them that their experiences aren't valid. Shut up. (laughs) <laughs> like, quite frankly, just shut, shut up. Like, gen- your trap. Trapped. Nobody <laughs> asked for your for your opinion. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. That's right. Period. I lo- I love that. I love that people are saying, "Stay out of women's business." A girl will post a photo of her in like cosplay. Like a black girl will post a photo of her in cosplay, and people will be like, "Um, actually, the character was not black." And I'm like, <laughs> oh, <laughs> "It's it's actually cos cosplay, actually." And like it's insane. It's just like
0: Ariel literally. was not black. <laughs> <Remember Yeah>. when <laughs> um was it, it Chloe or Hallie? I don't even know which Hallie. one. Hallie. It, it was Hallie, Hallie that that is cast as the Little Mermaid, and the internet was like, "Well, the mer Ariel wasn't black." I'm like she's like Ariel's a mermaid. Yeah.
2: yeah. See? <laughs> Ariel's a cartoon. I don't know if you knew that she's not real. I like she's not real. <laughs> <was> um <laughs> doesn't exist. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I was just like, <laughs> wow. It's like, wow. I yeah. mean, they said, they came, they said we have to protect her. They really came up in yeah. arms about Ariel. Wow. Okay.
0: Up in arms for their fictional characters. Like,
2: yeah, cool. <laughs> okay. Now I know what I need to do <laughs> to be heard, right? Like, I just need to be a Disney prince.
0: Like, I don't They will okay, demand cool. justice for Ariel before they demand justice for Black women. That out. Like, period. I've been watching a lot of like media that cishet men love to consume. So um, I'm talking about Hot 97. Um, Mm. You know, sometimes I venture into the Breakfast Club. Sometimes I I, I like to see how the other half lives, you know? So (laughs) (laughs) I just, I I like to see it. Um, Sometimes Mm -hmm. it does make you really angry. But Mm -hmm. I was watching this thing with Hot 97 and they have like this one, the one white guy. I think his name's Rosenberg. Mm -hmm. I'm not really sure. But, anyways, the black men are so
2: angry right now. They were like, if you actually... <laughs> <His name laughs> they <But> like,
0: is- <laughs> his name is... <laughs> like, how so no, black men love Charlemagne so much? I'm like, are you okay?
2: Yeah. Like, he's genuinely shit. Yeah.
0: Like, just find better them, creators.
2: Sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
0: I don't even... Like, I just feel like there's so much with Charlemagne, with Joe Budden, with, like, all Mm -hmm. of these Black creators that Mm -hmm. are super, super harmful to Black women. And Mm -hmm. I just remember specifically this video of Joe Budden, like, yelling at this Black woman. Mm -hmm. So my point was, I was watching this video on Hot 97, and it was, like, a conversation about why black women won't date outside their race or why black women are mad that black men are dating outside the race, blah, 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 blah. And it just seems to be that every conversation that we have about black womanhood is so, it's about our dating habits. It's about Mm. our dating politics, Mm. which I think, you know, that's an important conversation to have, but why don't we talk about abuse of black women? Like, why Mm. are you so obsessed with talking about our dating habits? The world is genuinely obsessed with us mm-hmm.
1: i agree no, I- and like even on the topic of because i do watch a lot of youtube and like a lot mm-hmm. of black women i find that they kind of i don't know if it's just the ones that get almost like highlighted mm-hmm. um i know there are people that are kind of out the box like i really like nella rose because i do think that she is very out of the box with her content mm-hmm. um and she's creative but For a long time, it seemed like Black women could only be making content in relation to dating and beauty. And the beauty was very, like, you know, it wasn't a critique like Jackie Ina. It was just kind of being complicit. Like, this is Black girl makeup, girl. You're going to look glowy and golden hour. And that's about it. Don't touch the pastels. And, like, that's what it was. Um, But even in relation to dating, Mm -hmm. um, I saw this on Twitter and how someone was kind of speaking about a lot of times when people speak on their standards of dating you know men can say god knows what they can say don't be over five two but if you're uh you know but if you're five three i don't like that either so (laughs) Anyone over 140 pounds, get out of here. Yeah. But a black woman will say, you know, just have a job. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll be like, well, you know, you don't know what's out there. <laughs> Why do you oh, just God. settle for what? Like, get you ugly. Yeah, literally. Oh, and that's exactly God. the point is like, that energy is said only to black women because they're like well you know no one's gonna really like you anyways so Mm -hmm. just take what you can get Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. you know what it's it's crazy to me because despite all of that black women still manage to be the most creative most funny most like wonderful content creators that I've watched like literally no one else is doing it like them um no one else is doing it like Jackie Aina no one else is doing it like Kelly Stamps, who I love, like truly making, I love Kelly, but just making such wonderful content. And I think that like, you're right. Like it's, it's, the internet has just given just in the way that it has developed in the last, I'd say maybe five years, there has been such a growth in black women content creators, so much more queer representation, um, so much more trans representation. And it's lovely. It's lovely. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's it's so nice to see, and I think that like anything, um, when someone sees people like whenever someone sees Black women just being unbothered and happy, there's going to be people that are very uh comfortable with that, and they're gonna have to they're gonna want to say things, and that's when we see like a a lot of just like hate and uh, unfortunate and a lot of you know stuff on Twitter and stuff on YouTube, um. And it's, it's difficult because it's like, what is it? Like, you know what I mean? Like, um, what are the next steps, right? You can, you can do something like what YouTube does, uh, did, and demonetize, you know, a content creator, a huge content creator like Shane Dawson and be like, you guys, you can't, you're not getting paid for your videos anymore. Um, but like, when it's small, like, you know, like Twitter refuses to ban Nazis, right? People that like spew so much hatred. It's, it's, it's such a difficult problem to solve. Sorry if I went on a little off track there. But <laughs> I definitely grew up on the internet. So I feel like
1: oh, so that me, is yeah. kind of... Yeah. Retweet. That's what Brandon.
0: is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even, like, to your point, I'm so mm-hmm. glad I grew up on the internet. Because it would have been probably a lot harder to find self-love if I didn't.
1: Because mm-hmm. there was
0: just so many spaces that Black women were carving out for themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know specifically this one Black woman that I follow on Twitter. Her at is Della Fro. Mm -hmm. um and I believe her name's Candace and I followed her for years and following her like she's all she has great takes um she's a filmmaker so follow Mm -hmm. her if you'd like but she's like taught me genuinely so much and I feel like if I didn't have Twitter as a platform or even Tumblr before I Mm -hmm. was really on Twitter things would have been a lot harder um and then also like fandom Twitter like I was on a One Direction Twitter and there was a lot of (laughs) (laughs) there was a lot of black women on there as well like black girls and and it's Even, nice like, K-pop,
2: online. like, so many Black girls on in K-pop accounts. So like K-pop many. Accounts. And so many so Black
0: nice. um, Black women are cosplayers. And yes. do it so well. And I'm like, oh my God. yeah, because so they cute. know how to lay the wig. They
1: know how to do everything. Yeah. It's like, they're just so, so talented. So
2: yes. It makes, so hap- it makes me so happy. It makes me so happy. It
0: makes me so happy.
1: And even, like, going back to your point with, uh, like, cult ballings and the ways in which, like, there are certain creators that aren't Black or aren't Black women. And, like, mm they could do no wrong, like literally could do no wrong. And as much as I do think that certain people really, really love, um, you know, the Nella Roses, the Jackie Inas, I just don't know if I fully believe that they have the same security as any of these other YouTubers. And it's unfortunate because, um, you know, even if let's say they were to do wrong, I think a lot of that would have to do with internalized misogynoir. Whereas yeah. like if someone who is like not black or not a woman is expressing those things, that's like inherent bigotry. <laughs> yeah. And like yeah. Nella Rose, I think that there was like a slip up with tweets where she was dissing black women. I don't know the exact it was context. Like, it was a
0: colorist kind of thing. Yeah. Mm. And it's like her
1: following was about to go away like that. But yeah. it's like, you know, think about the time, think about, the context in which like, you know, she's also a black woman and that's probably internalized hate. Yeah. yeah. And then you see someone like Jenna
0: Marbles who puts out that video saying, Hey, I'm I'm not gonna make videos anymore, which I was like, good for you <laughs> to be quite <laughs> you honest. You need to retire. I was like let like someone else give someone else that space on YouTube. And oh, people were yeah. so sad. They were like, no, Jenna. Mm-hmm. I like babes. I haven't watched a Jenna Marble's video since I was in grade eight. <laughs> what are you still doing watching her? Yeah. Yeah. She's not funny. Yes. Like I've never found Sorry, I'm, another, gonna, <laughs> I'm sorry, but like a lot of y'all are People
2: really like her dogs. I think that's the main kind of focus of her channel recently, um, <laughs> <laughs> to be like honest. people love
1: dogs? They're more dogs. than people. News, <laughs> <laughs> your dog's lives can't matter until black lives matter. <laughs> but the turtles can't
0: matter. So if I go to Starbucks and I ask for a straw, don't look at me sideways because you're anti-black, baby. <laughs> Turtle lives can't matter until black lives oh matter.
2: Period. I don't know if you guys have, have you guys gotten that kind of criticism where it's like, you guys hate black men or you guys aren't here for black oh, men. Babe,
1: please, yeah. Yeah, um, and I how do you kind of men.
2: respond to that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, honestly, oh, yeah, we have, and we've had people kind people, of jealous yeah. in a way that's almost like supposed to be a compliment, like just mm. because we're critiquing a system mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. why are you taking this so personally? Like, why yeah. is it that when we say um, misogyny, all men are like, "Well, don't hate me. That's why you're single. Like, you <laughs> know, like that's why you're never gonna get married." And it's like, babe, I didn't talk about you. Mm-hmm. I was talking about a system. Clearly, it's yeah. a soft spot. Yeah. yeah. Clearly, you're yeah a little.
0: You know, yeah. like you know. The thing yeah. is, like, if I say men are trash and you get mad, like, I I know that you know. Yeah. Maybe you haven't fully came to that because you know what like in my effort to be understanding which i don't have to do Mm -hmm. i'm choosing to do so don't ever Mm -hmm. don't ever tell a black woman how to feel Mm -hmm. but Like, I understand that coming up and and realizing your own privilege, it is very uncomfortable. It's Mm. very uncomfortable. And Mm. to realize how you may have perpetuated harm to others without you knowing it, it's uncomfortable. Mm. But Mm. I think if I say men are trash and, or I say I hate men, or (laughs) I say I hate misogyny or whatever, like for Mm. me, largely that's a coping mechanism because it's like, can you, you have to make light of the situation and say men are trash because you have legitimately inflicted so much harm on us. How else are we supposed to even, like, navigate in this world without making a joke about it?
2: Yeah. Yeah, Like, genuinely. So... Yeah. And the J. Cole... Did you... Have you guys talked about the J. Cole and the no-name situation?
0: Um, we kind of touched on it a little bit in the last episode, but not, like, completely.
2: It's not even... you're, You're right. Like, it was, like, no one is talking about you. It's simply a criticism of men in this industry, and Jacob was very hurt about it. You know, he was very hurt because, you know, when a you know a, a hit dog will holler, right? Like you felt it because you knew they were talking about you. Yeah. You can't if like if you are truly, truly like you have to really question your intentions, right? Like, what do you want? Do you want? Do you truly want liberation? Like, what is the world that you imagine for for yourself, for your for your future children? Does it include like like a, like a woman uh, being in the best position possible
0: mm-hmm.
2: yes well that's going to require some, some like the, the hardest thing I think about kind of developing your your politics I think is it's is very much a internal right it's a very much of a of a like okay and how have I perpetuated this even even myself right everyone has to do this right mm-hmm. like okay what how have I bought into this how and which ways have I contributed to this Mm -hmm. it takes it requires a lot of kind of dismantling this ego and I think that black women are just better at that I personally I don't I like I think that's part of growing up for me at least growing up the way I I did I like you have to stop placing external value on what people think of you right Mm -hmm. and I think that that results in being someone being deeply self-aware deeply thoughtful about your experiences your worldview how it's impacted and I'm not I'm not I'm the first to like be like call me out okay whatever it's fine right but that doesn't that's a learned behavior and I think that it's absolutely valid that many people have not learned that before but You just have to be honest about it. You just have to do the work because otherwise, like, why am I, why am I, why am I helping you? Why am I, why am I, why do I have to help you if you don't want to do the work yourself?
0: Yeah, it's really uncomfortable. Like, I don't think people understand the path to liberation is not comfortable. It's not easy. And Mm -hmm. it has a lot to do with, um, yeah, being very self-aware and also dismantling that ego. And I think that's a really Mm -hmm. important point. And that's why men fail, honestly. (laughs) But um, to your point, I think also it's really, really important to have this conversation, but also look at it through the continuum that the fact that like all Black women aren't going to have the same experiences. Um, Fat Black women are going to have different experiences. Dark skinned women are going to have different experiences, trans women. So there's nuance even within this conversation. And to a degree where I feel like I'm not like I can't speak to all of that. Mm -hmm. Um as much as I want to reiterate, like Google exists, baby, Twitter exists. There's Mm -hmm. a lot. There's a lot to read if you want to become if you want to just like be a decent person. Uh,
1: And I feel like we've also dragged black men, but I also think we need to drag our other quote unquote allies. Um white White, women. (laughs) You know, I feel like we, Ooh, I, I'm, I'm ready, long. I'm ready, come yeah. on, I feel less
2: guilty about this one, I feel less guilty, I'm so yeah, sorry.
1: Like, <laughs> let's <go. laughs> oh, love to call us queens. If you're a white woman <laughs>
2: listening to this and you're triggered, um, I deeply apologize, keep listening, because I think that <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna really, really enjoy I think that <clears throat>, white women fall into this trap where an attempt to, I don't know, avoid conflict they won't speak up when it's most uh necessary and instead you'll receive the oh my god like I totally agreed with you there like I, oh my god like you know like I didn't say anything but like oh my god like I was like sitting there and I was like oh my god you're so right like and it's always like <laughs> why didn't you what wait a minute so when the 30 people in the room were like coming for me and you you were you just sat there because you totally oh okay you know what I mean it's just yeah. like
1: That's why I hate a university. Yeah, I totally (laughs) agree. And I think that's the problem with, um, I guess, like, the images we portray of, uh, white supremacy. Because I think Mm -hmm. oftentimes we think, like, okay, like, who's in the KKK? Like, who are the leaders? It's usually white Mm -hmm. men. But I Mm -hmm. think one of the most insane ways white women uphold white supremacy is truly by doing nothing. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah, they do literally no work. <laughs> um, and like, oftentimes, or no
2: work when it's actually important. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? They'll do oh, the yeah, performative sorry. stuff. They'll and do all the performative stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah, they'll be sensitive, like I'm here for you, but really they're not. <laughs> they will
0: say, no. "I will never understand," but I mm-hmm. stand with you. They will mm-hmm. come to the protest and chant, mm-hmm. "I can't breathe." They will <laughs> lead
1: the chant. But yeah, oftentimes, like I think that white women are very guilty of this. It's almost like the gay best friend. Mm-hmm. Phenomenon where it's like you want a black best friend so that you can have the tea and you can have the lingo mm-hmm. and we're funny and we're entertaining, but they very much perpetuate the strong woman stereotype where you know they don't, our friendship isn't something that is a two way streak. A lot of times, they mm-hmm. mm-hmm. their therapist, for their helper, we mm-hmm. are so strong, and mm-hmm. oftentimes we're left with their dilemmas and mm-hmm. having to kind of like deal through their dilemmas, and our dilemmas mm-hmm. aren't treated as valuable
0: right absolutely Absolutely. being friends or like in community with any white people is genuinely genuinely so difficult like Mm -hmm. dating a white person being friends with them having Mm -hmm. them as your parents Mm -hmm. it's just like why every day explaining your freaking humanity why Mm -hmm.
2: Mm -hmm. I think that's you bring up a really great point Dina and I think you're we have to be very careful. I think black women in particular have to be very careful with the people we give energy and time to. I think that that's something I've seen recently, right? Like a lot, a lot of black women are like, I just, you know, like if you're not here for my liberation, if you're not here for me, like, you know, like at the end of the day, like, like, you know, you're, you're not at the forefront of this, that I'm just not going to have you around because it's just a lot easier. It's a lot easier for me. Um, and if you're not willing to do the work because like we you know i think we are forced to right as a, it's a survival it's a survival mechanism like you need to know exactly in the ways the, the world wants to harm you in order to um understand it like i think that that's why i think black women are the the one of the best thinkers right and, 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 and like we just have to be we have to be and that is the burden of being aware right like you see everything um and it's very hard to be around particularly some people um, when you when you can see the harm that they're causing wasting, not just for yourself, but other people in other communities, right? I think that's important as well. And yes, like uh, the performative allyship that white women are so wonderful, have, have truly mastered, truly, like beautifully. Um, the performance, the, the, gorgeous. Yeah, the performance. Yeah. wow. That is that is the next thing that needs to be addressed, right? Because there's a difference between you could have all the politics in the world, but like we need to see the praxis. Where is it? Where, because I can't find it anywhere, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and praxis is the most important part of it, babes. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, and I think even especially growing up on the internet and um learning a lot more about feminism
1: mm-hmm.
0: and seeing what white women think feminism is and Mm -hmm. and seeing discourse around ousting that label and and choosing womanist or or whatever the case may be so i think Mm -hmm. even in like women's studies classrooms i'll just be like why are we doing this like Mm -hmm. what like this is just a fun intellectual exercise for you Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. when it comes down to it Mm -hmm. babes you're not you're not really down
2: right right I think that that's a great point. I think that university spaces and now there's been a there's now there's a little bit of more uh, discussion on it, but yeah. they are so violent towards They're black women. So
0: violent, yeah. So
2: violent, like there's you you know I can count on a million fingers a time I have left a classroom just in like just like wanting to like scream cry just because, like, I felt like, wow, like, literally no one else is going to help me out here, no one else is giving, no one else is giving, no one is going to speak on this, no one's going to protect me, and, like, okay, I'll, I'll do it by myself, I'll, like, you know, I'll call my boyfriend afterwards, I'll cry on the phone, but, like, in this moment, I have to really, um, I have to pretend that this is just normal. And it it is like the the greatest form of gaslighting when you're sitting in these like classrooms, that's, you know, you're sitting in these universities, like these places that are supposed to be highly, one of the highly coveted students and, you know, smartest people. And they're just saying the most violent stuff. You know, I was sitting sitting in a classroom last semester where um, one of the other students said that, no one should have to pay reparations because everyone benefited from slavery. Like everyone, Black people benefited from slavery. And I looked at I looked at my teacher and I looked at the other people in the class, and I was like, I'm just I'm just gonna go. I'm I'm like, what's going on on YouTube? What's going on Twitter? Because I'm not even engaging. You know what I mean? Like I'm not engaging in this. And this is I I don't like this is just one of the ways, one of the avenues in which these spaces can be so violent. You know.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think it. It is very reflective of, like, who gets to be a professor, who gets to be a tenured professor, who gets to teach classes mm-hmm. um, that, has, that have these conversations. But also, like, you really need to abolish the idea that, like, because you're a liberal arts college, everyone's ideas have a space there or because mm-hmm. you're, you're trying to be a liberal university. There's no space for discourse that is one, contradictory to people's lived experience and two, harmful. Mm -hmm. There's no Mm -hmm. space for that. And I think on your point, university classrooms are
1: such a violent, violent place. And I also feel like even, um, kind of speaking to slavery, because I was in a a women's studies course where we were talking about the treatment of women, um, in the same time period as slavery, but like specifically, Mm -hmm. they just kind of labeled it women, like women in this time period. And they were like, yeah, you know, a lot of them were getting beat by their husbands and whatever, whatever. But I was like, you know, like a lot of black women and to this day are like the mammies or like the Mm nannies to these white women. And, Mm -hmm you know, and the ways capitalism still works today, that's still kind of the reality, even if it's not slavery, it's still like, Mm -hmm. you know, you have a Filipino housemaid or whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And so I think that what white women kind of deny specifically Mm -hmm. is the fact that a lot of times they do benefit from, they benefit more from like capitalism because they get to Mm -hmm. access certain spaces that a lot of black women don't. And so we'll always Mm -hmm. be um, economically underneath them. Yeah, yeah, and like
0: even with um if you have a conversation about like the gender wage gap, it's like mm-hmm. white women will just forget the fact that black women are disproportionately like underneath them as well in those in those conversations. And I think a lot of white women are not for the cause. Mm-hmm. And we've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, just fix up, like just yeah. fix up.
2: Yeah, I think it's I think a part of it is um like white femininity, I think that like that is a that that is a a form of protection, right? And I think embodying white femininity requires you to be complacent, requires you to be quiet um, when things happen. Um, and I think that's why in these spaces and academic spaces, when things happen, um, a lot of people are qu- like a lot of these white women who are quote unquote allies are quiet, right? Um, because they're trying to preserve something, some sort of image um, that is necessary. Be- for them to know that they need to be able to succeed in certain spaces and that's, what cap, like, that's like you know that's what a capitalism is right it does a beautiful job an incredible job of pitting everyone against each other um because at the end of the day like you know upholding and hold like you know holding people accountable um holding your white counterparts uh, accountable is there's there's going to be a shift of, that's giving up away some of your power right that's giving away some of your Legitimacy in the eyes of other white folks, um, and so people are just not willing to do that. And I think that a lot of the time, I've been in spaces where it's like, oh, um, you know, e- like you know, getting to this place where there is, uh, you know, e- equality or whatever, you know, or privilege, right? Privilege, you, like you're not going to be, you're not losing anything. You're not, enti- you're not entitled to what you're losing. So you're not losing it. I want to say like you are going to lose things, right? You are going to lose things if you are 100% dedicated to protecting Black women, but also protecting marginalized people. And you have to be okay with that. And you also have to understand that, like, Black women may not like you either for doing <laughs> that. You know, you're not gonna get a cookie for it. You, you're gonna do it for me, and I'm, I, I'm not entitled to thank you. I'm not entitled to be like, oh my God, like, thank you for saying no. Like, you know what I mean? That's what you just have to do to be that basic human being.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's very true. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people really do want you to hold their hand and want you to say thank you and -hmm. and want reassurance that they're on the right track or they'll apologize (laughs) for things that it's just like, shut up. And I think you see it with the whole movement where Mm -hmm. you see all of these um, places like Hulu who took off that Golden Girls episode or like doing all these things that are so minuscule when we're acting we're actually asking for like large structural structural change mm. to kind of divert that momentum or trivialize this movement mm-hmm. um, I suspect that we'll probably see the same thing when it comes to 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 black women as well it's
2: Ooh, structural a
0: different- yeah.
1: like yeah. Yeah and that's what I was actually gonna ask is like I think assuming that we all essentially identify as intersectional feminists obviously like that is a concept in the ways where like that feminism isn't particularly something that's set in stone we understand that it's constantly evolving because we have to Mm -hmm. learn and that has to evolve Mm -hmm. Um, but I can't lie there's been times where I'm like do I identify as a womanist like you know, do I believe that feminism, you know, initially was built for white women and mm-hmm. it really did start out and it kind of still is, you know, a cult of white womanhood.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: in and saving with BLM, I mean, it's been created by black women from my understanding, but it's been very much mm-hmm. co-opted. So mm-hmm. do we believe that those, like both those systems can structurally change? Cause that would mean a lot of people step down. I know, That's a, great a question. lot of people, black men, you're on that list too. <laughs> like my women's yes, studies
0: syllabuses yeah. are gonna have to change because they're all like yeah white. Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. yep, yep. and I even um calling out western university specifically how like I know that the their undergraduate chair for their women's studies department is a black woman mm-hmm. however I and I was never a women's studies student I just took a couple classes but mm-hmm. I, I think I took a good number like probably four or five and mm-hmm. I don't know I didn't I never saw a white or I never saw a black professor as an option. Mm -hmm. Why Mm -hmm. are we having conversations about intersectional feminism from a cishet white woman?
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, That's the thing about Western. So (laughs) uh, (laughs) yeah, so I, I'm gonna tell the story because I, whatever. Recently I inquired about taking a politics of race course taught by a person that is not a Black person at Western University, I did not have the prerequisites, but I am also one of three black people in my year, <laughs> and I thought that might be a prerequisite, right, you just think,
1: <laughs> yeah, it is, yeah, oh my god, <laughs> yeah, I think that difference. would
2: supersede whatever prerequisite was available, <laughs> I, you know, and I and I, and it, it's insane to me, because I think that, uh, one, and what, you know, there's two sides of this, right, uh, on one side, I am an optimist, right, I think that the, imme- there has been so much, immense change, I think, in the culture that I have seen, right, because, again, like, I think that we all, like, we were born, we were, we were raised on the internet, the early 2000s freaking internet versus now, the day and night, Some like, it feels, of course, you know, now it's, it's still a cesspool of disgusting, awfulness, but, like, To I feel like there's a level of accountability. There's a level of like that's this thing is not okay to say. Might have been a pendulum shift, whatever. But at the same time, it's like there there are there are certain these these institutions, right? It feels like it is impossible to change anything without it. You're right. A lot of people stepping down, right? When it comes to structural changes, it requires it's going to require a lot of people putting aside their egos. A lot of people saying, you know what? Like maybe I don't deserve to be here. Maybe I shouldn't be here anymore. And we saw it with the Reddit CEO, right? I he just was to step thinking down, that, right? He decided yeah. he said, "You know what? I'm going." And and I think that is so brilliant, right? He's already rich beyond, you know, <laughs> anything that he, he doesn't need the money. Um, frankly, like it, it doesn't probably won't make a dent, right? Um, and he was like, "I want, I want a black person to fill my position. I want a person of color. I want a woman." to, And th- yes, you can you kind of debate on the merit of like. <laughs> Okay like a, a a black person being in charge of like a corporate entity how helpful is that there is something to that. You know, there is something to the fact that some, like, a, like a, a, someone, a corporation like Reddit, the CEO is stepping down to say, I want a black person in the position. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That,
2: there's something to that, right? It feels different to me and it gives me so much hope for the future. Maybe not for myself, but for my children or my children's children. Um, and it, it, it's, I'm a little bit less cynical, a little bit less cynical.
0: <laughs> I don't think it's wrong to think that those things are wins because mm-hmm. I think it's indicative of a cultural shift. Mm-hmm. Um, at least to some degree, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the Reddit thing was really, really interesting. I also saw the um, one of the voice actors on the Cleveland show it was like a white man, and he was playing a black, like he was voicing a black man. Oh, yeah.
2: I didn't know that. He's voicing Cleveland
0: from Family Guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know the show, yeah, but like yeah. I didn't know, like yeah, like it was a white man the whole time. I did not know that. Wow. I didn't know that. I was sure. I was like, how that. are you comfortable doing yeah, that? And like, genu- genuinely, like, why is this? You saying, oh, I understand now in 2020. (laughs) Yeah. Like, a lot of this is actually really, like, concerning for me. Like, where have you been? Because this discourse is not new.
2: Yeah. And it's kind of re-triggering as well, right? Because I could have gone my whole life without knowing that. But now that I know that, I am deeply uncomfortable. I am deeply uncomfortable.
0: Yeah. But yeah, I was just thinking about, like, university. And I think a lot of the times when people become professors, it's almost like another rendition of like a white savior complex if that makes sense where Mm -hmm. they're like oh my god I feel so bad for all these marginalized people I should like teach myself about it they go they get their PhD in women's studies and then they go teach critical race theory or they go teach these things in a way where it's theory and it's very much separated from themselves and they don't hold themselves accountable anymore Mm -hmm. to the ways in which they're complicit and yeah generally just like perpetuate that harm Mm. so I think that academia can give a lot of people like an easy way out Oh yeah. yeah,
2: it's it's I I always say this like academia is like fifty years behind everyone else like yeah truly really, like uh, I I mean maybe it's just at different institutions but you know at the school that we're talking about like it's, it's
1: Western. Really Western Western University in Ontario <laughs> don't ever go there um
0: period <laughs> it, yeah, yeah it's, it's, crazy it's cause, really like,
1: Yeah, when I started university, I thought it was so progressive. I was like, I would never learn this in high school. But really, it's like, it gets, it's so bad that you have to wait until you can maybe perhaps afford an education. And even then, like, you know, did you get the, do you have the prerequisites for, uh, I think the class that you were taking was uh, like the politics of race?
0: Yeah. You know, but you're
1: black. Like, you know, it's getting taught by a white broad. So... (laughs) Even then like really? you have access to um, certain information, even though it's not going to be taught by um, said group still mm-hmm. comes at a cost and of course a lot of like regular regular people might not be able to access that but then we mm-hmm. see people who are like so rich um, mm-hmm. who are like celebrities getting mm-hmm. you know fame and fortune they still don't even care to access that no. so yeah,
2: no, no.
1: Yeah, abolish the university system. Abolish <laughs> it all. Abolish the healthcare system. All
0: <sighs> Calling for abolition of everything. Ev- literally a
2: everything. everything. A new world,
0: because like yeah. I'm just this the one that we have now is beyond saving like genuinely. Yeah.
2: It's so funny to me, but I think that that's high key like people have, we've been gaslit about about how how colorism really just will impact your life outcomes like you know what I mean will impact the way people interact with you and will impact you know we talk about Toya and like like uh, it ha- you know her being a dark-skinned black woman very much to do with the fact that what, ha- what happened what to her happened to her the fact that she was not protected the fact that uh you know she was abused multiple times before she was killed and nothing that was ever addressed
0: and that she was abused by her family members yeah. as well. And, mm-hmm. and that's an important conversation to have. And I don't know, man. Like, I just saw this tweet that said that black men are just white men on night mode. Yeah. And genuinely, that is, like, the most true statement I've ever heard. Like, Wait. I saw y'all on Twitter comparing Tiana Taylor and freaking Ari Lennox to Rottweilers. Like, Ooh. Rottweilers. Dogs. Like, the dog. Yeah. Like, they genuinely came on the internet to compare a black woman to a dog and thought there was nothing wrong with that yeah like you're sick you're sick and you're not my community and i don't like i genuinely (laughs) you don't (laughs) don't care you're actually not my community if you're homophobic you're not my community if you're transphobic Mm -hmm. you're not my community if you're colorist Mm -hmm. if you hate women like i don't care for you like don't talk Mm -hmm. to me don't listen to this podcast Mm -hmm.
1: actually you should
0: listen you should listen, but.
1: We're not friends. (laughs) Yeah. And I will say this, though. um, I think a lot of the onus, though, is on light-skinned women. And I know that even for myself, like, it is really important to – because I think the problem is with a lot of light-skinned women is they are complicit when Black men bash – dark-skinned women, and I've seen it happen, or I've seen stories of, well, you know, sometimes I'm made fun of because I'm not black enough, or, like, whatever, oh and I'm and this in this weird in-between, and it's, like, babes, maybe that's, like, a little teasing, but that will never yes. actually cause harm to you. Like, period. Yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so I do think, like, I do want to, like, put like put out a big reminder for Latin women that it's, like, it's your fault if you're not putting um, your sisters on the same pedestal that you're on, mm-hmm. and that it's your job to, like, retweet or whatever like information up with dark-skinned women because a lot of times these light-skinned girls we're doing the same thing we're mm. re-blogging the Kalani's and the whatever and it's like it's not enough you know it's not <laughs> I know and it's I think not. even in that conversation it's
0: important and I think we re- reiterate this in every episode acknowledge whatever privilege that you do have because right. we all do have for the most part most of us have some facet of privilege within our mm-hmm. identity And I think Mm -hmm. even for myself, like if I sit here and I hear someone saying something transphobic and I don't call them out on that, I'm complicit in that violence. So Mm -hmm. you're at every stage, even if I'm saying this with my chest and I'm on here getting mad at Black men, there is obviously an onus on me to protect another group as well or other Mm -hmm. groups. So Mm -hmm. I think Black men just get mad when you're like, Mm -hmm. you have to like be here for us. (laughs) Do the work like no we're all in this together unfortunately Mm. we can't dismantle anything without you Mm -hmm. if we could have it would have been din done by now like (laughs) we wouldn't have done it already
2: absolutely and I think that the takeaway is like with all of this right it's like approach everything you do with love with an open mind and and just like try to like really just get rid of any hate in your heart because like when i tell you like i think a lot of it stems a lot of a lot of what uh, you know the hate towards um, black women it's, it's because it's the it's the most accessible it, you know it's it's easy right it's an easy target to take out the frustrations you have about your life if that is the case please go to therapy you know what i mean please go to therapy <laughs> go to therapy um, man yeah and not even in a condescending way. Like you know what oh, I mean? Like Yeah. Do the work on do the work on yourself because when you once you do that, you will are such in a better position to help those around you. Um I, you know, absolutely. Yeah.
0: Oh, that was such a nice that was such a nice takeaway and I think <laughs> I mean I'm my words are not gonna be as kind just because I'm like very, very, very angry and I've been yeah. angry for like a while. Um, And that's okay. You know, if you're a Black woman and you're angry, like, we're with you. You should be Mm -hmm. mad. Mm -hmm. You should be mad. Um, So yeah, just like, I don't know, I think Black men, you need to realize how you perpetuate harm against us, whether that Mm -hmm. be through stereotypes or physical harm or whatever it is, like, I don't know. I just... I think my final call to action would just be to, to start being comfortable with being uncomfortable because you're going to be, you're going to be, it's not going to be easy. Like it genuinely isn't. And, and there's a level of internalized isms in all of us. Like it's just so deeply entrenched. White supremacy has done a really, really good job. You know, like misogyny and patriarchy has done a really, really good job at trenching these things really, really deep within all of us. So just be honest with yourself and and just be better.
1: Be there for us.
2: Absolutely. You're absolutely yeah. Right.
1: I agree with both sentiments. I mean, going last is kind of like the hardest part because y'all really did a good job. Um, but I do want to plug one black YouTuber who I think is so phenomenal. So her YouTube name is Myowa's World. And if you're- I co-sign that. Yeah. And if you're really interested, I mean, for sure, how to dismantle misogynoir? Listen to black women, like, and mm. take notes. Um, so definitely check out her channel. We're gonna be coming out with more episodes. You know, follow Khalid on her Twitter because she's always sp- spinning facts. So, um, yeah, I guess my look biggest, in takeaway, yeah, <laughs> look at the description. My biggest, like, I guess, piece of advice is if you really want to learn more about black women, is that's listening to black women. Mm-hmm. Um, and that means opening up your purse, retweeting, mm-hmm. lifting them up, et cetera.
0: Period. Not stealing from 100%. us. 100%. Yeah. Just don't um, steal the
1: content. Don't steal it. Yeah.
0: Don't rebrand it as your own. <laughs> um, yeah. And I think um, even with our, our listeners, we're, we're very grateful to have a platform and have people that genuinely do like listen every week. Uh, unfortunately, I feel like a lot of the people that listen, it's like you're already the people that know a lot of this stuff. Um, so maybe send a an episode of retweet to like your really, really misogynistic brother or something like that.
1: Um or your really, really <laughs> racist like coworker. Yeah,
0: like yeah. Maybe they you you know, like we can't just educate ourselves in a vacuum. We have to try to absolutely to spread that, right? Absolutely. So follow um us as well. <laughs> Uh, you know I know please, we've plugged please. everyone dude please guys like just genuinely get us to a thousand followers on Instagram like that is all I want in my life like please follow them they have great stuff thank you cause some yeah. of y'all be liking and not following and it's like babes the math is the math thing also if you're my friend and you don't follow maybe we're not friends mm-hmm. maybe right, right. they're <laughs> not even listening to this so anyways Bye-bye. Bye-bye.